With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Oh, yeah. Billionaire Elon Musk challenged Russian President Vladimir Putin to single combat on Twitter last week with the stakes being Ukraine. Inappropriate? Tone deaf? You bet, but that's kind of what we do on this show. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel No-Fly Zone Cheeseman. This is Chad, final countdown, so wash. And leaving totally back on Reddit, Van Ewenhuizen. <laughs> <laughs> and on this episode, Edcast gets cornerstoned. Stepstone says au revoir, that's my French accent. <laughs> and the circular puts out the velvet rope for IT professionals. Let's do this. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year... Thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. You're back on Reddit? Back on Reddit? How, how, how did this happen? I asked and they allowed me. I wrote, I wrote a check. I wrote a check. I gave him my credit card. Did you write a strongly worded letter? Is that what happened? <laughs> I complained and I kept complaining until they tried to get rid of me, I guess. <laughs> and I promised not to do it again. Okay. Well, that's uh, good. The promises. Nice and, and yeah, you're, you're Belgian. So for the most part, you know, you're polite. So that's not, that's not bad. That's okay. And we have sidelined uh, our European intro. Uh, it was yes. brought to our attention and we kind of thought about it anyway that with the current state of Russia, Ukraine, that it was sort of tone deaf to have the intro that we had. So for the time being, until the world goes back to somewhat uh, normal, we will be using our typical Chad and Cheese uh, intro. Until you build a, a, a unicorn one. The unicorn <laughs> song should be in there somewhere. So we're, we'll work on the intro, folks, until uh, yeah. the world goes back to normal. We'll have fun. We'll have fun. So uh, we've got somebody waiting in the wings out there. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready, mystery guest. Here we go. Straight out of Kiel, Germany, kids. He's the VP of Heli X. 
Digital Innovation Lab. Put your hands together for Tim Oliver Prum. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it, Tim? That was... <laughs> You're doing great, Chad. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me. Really, really great pleasure to be here on the show. I think it's been four or five years in the making, Chad. I think like it, it four has. or five years ago, you and I met at HR Tech in mm -hmm. uh, Las Vegas. Kind of like never really worked out to be on the show. I still remember that you and I hung out at the bar. And, and then I think Gary Crispin came along and talked about his experiences at Burning Man, which left <laughs> me and you speechless. I think he's saying Germans <laughs> like foreplay. Yeah, if you, if, if you spend five minutes with Jerry, he's going to bring up Burning Man, okay? And that's yeah, cool, right. but that's gen generally what's going to happen. Before we get moving, though, Tim, give the listeners a little bit more about you. Springtime in Dusseldorf, what do you do? Give us the, the, the sexy part of Tim. Let, let me hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, that's what I do all day, and people truly believe it. So, <laughs> um, so honestly, 20th year in the recruiting industry, started as a recruiter, uh, kind of like in the agency space, <clears throat> held several roles uh, with a big competitor of Kelly Services, which is my employer employer now, been with mm -hmm. Kelly for six years now. And what I do, I focus on innovation and digital transformation for the organization. Ooh. So we have a uh, kind of like organized structure that we call the Kelly X Innovation Lab. And the idea behind it is kind of like that we want to identify issues that our customers or the industry has in a more structured way, kind of like apply a lot of design thinking, a lot of ideation, um, then do a lot of prototyping to make sure we get something tangible in front of our customers, and then eventually kind of like build out full product solutions. And that's kind of like what I do in my organization with my, with my team. You know, kind of like the staffing industry has always been very traditional. So you mm -hmm. have an idea, a customer is asking about a specific kind of like requirement they have, you build something, but you really, really don't use a very structured approach to really identify customer needs holistically. You don't really think about experiences holistically. And kind of like, I think in our industry, it's very, very important as we interact with talent every day to really take a good look at how our consumer facing industries are working because that's mm -hmm. kind of what the that's the experiences that that kind of like talent and also customers really require from kind of like staffing organizations but also from kind of like internal HR organizations. Tim, you're the mad scientist over at Kelly, which is why they put the X after it. Is, is that what I'm hearing? That, that's the idea. And uh, into, funnily, just a quick anecdote, kind of like during one of the QBRs with one of our kind of like largest clients at Kelly, I was about to present on innovation and then kind of like the customer account manager from Kelly actually uh, kind of like announced me as the mad scientist. So <laughs> I don't know if I like right that, that specific. Leave it to the German Frito ask for a Twitter bio and he goes right into work. Normally I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd frown on that, but being a German uh, work probably is your life. So we'll go with that. We'll go with yeah, that. It is what it is. I mean, everything else is boring. Kind of like it is what is it life. is. That's uh, what it is here in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Tim. We're Thank happy you. to have you here. Should we get into some shout outs? Gentlemen? Shout outs. That's right. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to <laughs> to Europe. I know that sounds a little bit plain, but uh, the, the Ukraine Russian situation. I've been so heartened every day with how much Europe uh, is supporting the refugees fleeing uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, but a recent story in the New York Times, uh, I think, is worth noting, and I wanted to bring it up in shout outs. Uh, according to the Times. Job boards are overflowing with offers dedicated to Ukrainian refugee, refugees as businesses and governments fast track access uh, to employment. Uh, German companies are touting thousands of jobs for Ukrainian refugees. Portuguese firms promise language training for Ukrainians looking for work. In Lithuania, 
businesses are providing on-site childcare to help Ukrainian women move seamlessly into the mm. workplace. Yeah. Um, apparently, the speed and scope occurring uh, is rare for the EU, but 3 million Ukrainians fleeing are being placed on a fast track for protection and employment as governments waive visa requirements and provide almost instant access to labor markets and education. While war brings out the worst in human beings, sometimes it can also bring out the best. Shout out to Europe. Unification. Yep. Where's the big applause? Get that big applause. Yeah, the big applause. I'm going to get yep. the air horn too, baby. That's, there it is. That's what's up. Unification. Yep. So off, off of that, I, I've got to go ahead and give a shout out to Dennis Tupper, who actually posted on LinkedIn earlier today the following information from NASDAQ. Uh, Ukraine is one of the U.S.'s biggest partners of reliable and scalable offshore tech talent. In fact, mm-hmm. the country is ranked fifth out of the top 25 global tech talent exporters. The market is worth $6 billion in, U- in Ukraine's economy, and over 200,000 of their IT professionals are employed as offshore resources. Ukraine has over 130,000 engineer graduates per annum, mm. compared to the U.S.'s 237,000 graduates. And the U.S. is eight times larger. So you Mm. can see Ukraine is doing a hell of a lot of work on the IT side of the house. But we currently have a global supply shortage of IT professionals. And this war ain't helping kids. So big shout out to Dennis and putting that information out there. And this demonstrates how it's impacting our industry and in the globe. Tupper in the house. Nice shout out. Leaving. I also have a shout out to the European people, but more specifically, very young European people. Apparently, people between. <laughs> it's very decent. But apparently, <laughs> people between 18 and 34 finally decided to quit their jobs. Apparently, 50% is going to quit their jobs in uh, the next year. And they're bringing the great resignation to Europe, which is, of course, a very good thing for our business. So thank you, young European people. <laughs> do they say why? Do they, do they give any reasons why? Because in the U.S., I mean, they, there are many reasons, but obviously wages, shitty jobs, uh, being called essential and then not being treated as essential. Child yeah, COVID. child care. I mean, so they, there are plenty of these different, these different reasons here in the U.S. Why are you seeing that in Europe? Does it say? I'm sure they said, but I didn't read it. So <laughs> Tim, Tim might be able to chime in on this. Tim, the great resignation in Europe. Any thoughts? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, I think that <clears throat> labor markets are really tight all over Europe. I mean, demographics are horrible when you think about kind of like new kids being born and new kind of like talent flowing into the into the marketplace. And mm-hmm. I think there are just better opportunities out there. Companies are paying higher wages. So I think similar to the U.S., you would see people who kind of like just feel that they can kind of like make – make a better cut when they when they leave. And I think also kind of like what I see with a lot of kind of like friends and also people I know here all over Europe, um, kind of like we've been heavily focusing on remote work over the last two years. I mean, COVID right. restrictions were very, very tough all across um, the European Union. And if you work, work from home, then at some point in time, the question is what's keeping you on the job? Because realistically, if you work from home today and you work for somebody else from home tomorrow, the only difference is that you're probably going to get another laptop delivered by UPS. But realistically, kind of like the the changes or the border, the boundary to kind of like move to another job has been lower than ever before. When you yeah. Think about it. 
So I think yeah. it's kind of like just a big impact of work from home uh, experiences in. Europe. And I, I've always been surprised, in considering healthcare, like in America, a big a big uh, reason why people stay at employers is because they get healthcare. Yeah. Whereas right. in Europe, it's a universal situation. So I'm surprised the Great Resignation hasn't been an ongoing thing in Europe, just because the ability to move and still have healthcare has always been or has been there for decades. Agreed. I'm just reading the article right now because uh, that's what I do. <laughs> and uh, 59% of younger workers claim they've missed out on promotions, so they feel a bit disappointed and they quit. Yeah. I call it rage quitting. Then uh, 66% feels it has something to do with COVID-19, but uh, it's too much information. I'm going to skip this. 70% of these workers are thinking something else, so basically a variety of reasons. But uh, once again, good for our business. Sounds it like is. a topic that we might get into at the E-Congress in Austin. Leaven, you want to tell yeah. the listeners about your upcoming event in May? For those few people who don't know yet, May 6th, we have the biggest e-recruitment congress in Belgium. Are we holding it in, are we having it in Austin, Austin, Belgium? It's a series arts. We're going to be talking about e-sports, about uh, all kinds of uh, surveys, we're going to talk about virtual recruitment, virtual employer branding, the impact COVID had on the great resignation in Europe, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't forget, Chad and Cheese are going to be there, everybody. Yeah. Chad and Cheese are going to be there. I keep forgetting mentioning you, but of course. You're <laughs> oh, we're, well, you know, we're already on the marquee, so every, everyone knows what's up. But yeah, Chad and Cheese and many friends of Chad and Cheese will be at the conference. Not to mention... We've got Wreckfest. We've got a bunch of different events. Just go to chadcheese.com. Click on events in the upper right-hand corner. See where we're going to be. And yeah, you can buy us a drink. Sounds like a good time. Or two. Topics. All right. Cornerstone on Demand. A leader in adaptive cloud-based HR software solutions this week announced it has entered into a definitive agreement to acquire Edcast, a learning experience platform commonly known as LXP. Terms of the transaction, which is expected to close in Q2 of 2022, were not disclosed. We never liked that. Together, Cornerstone and Edcast said they hope to accelerate value for customers with innovations in experiential learning, content, and skill building, and a unified and scalable talent infrastructure designed to transform learning into a connected engine of growth agility and mobility for people and business. This acquisition is the first planned transaction by Cornerstone since joining the Clear Lake portfolio in late 2021. Not sure this is all that exciting, but Chad's favorite industry thought leader, Josh Burson, said about this deal, quote, (laughs) while this may not be a huge deal financially, it will have a huge impact on the corporate learning market, setting off reverberations for years to come, end quote. Is everyone else feeling their reverberations or is this deal a little overblown? Tim. No, honestly, I think it makes a ton of sense because when you take a look at LMS today, I think it's pretty lame. <laughs> so realistically, you can like Especially HR is using it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. But um, when you think about how HR departments are using LMS systems today, it's mainly to roll out global policies or global compliance training, like have everybody participate in GDPR training once per year. But it's really following kind of like the old school approach. You basically have a virtual instructor in front of you. Everybody else is kind of like sitting in front of their screens and then mm-hmm. they're following 
going kind of like the content and at some point in time they need to complete a quiz so it's not really a rich experience and it doesn't really cater to the individual needs of the of the viewer or the talent that's kind of like actually using this technology so and i think kind of like the the uh, learning experience platforms <clears throat> is something that's definitely changing how com- companies and talent actually is consuming training i think there needs to be better something better out there than just kind of like Kind of catering the same content to everybody, and I think kind of like also a company like Cornerstone will feel under pressure from a lot of kind of like skill based learning platforms out there, um, like Udemy or Coursera or edX that actually provide kind of like high level content mm-hmm. at a very very cheap price point. So um, I think it's a natural move. I think it's something that. Cornerstone had to do because I think at some point in time LMSs as we know them today will will just die. Just my humble opinion. I tend to agree. I've been following corporate educational movies for over twenty years, I guess, and <laughs> they all have one thing in common: they're utterly boring. So I don't think this is going to change a lot. I mean, it's the companies who have to provide the the educational movies and and the, the content, and if they provide something boring, no platform will change it. I'm kind of a big fan of LinkedIn Learning. I know it's it's not very hip to be a fan of LinkedIn Learning, but they do have so much content. There's something for everyone. And I feel this might become a, a big uh, competitor for Microsoft, for LinkedIn, but uh, I have to see. It's all about content, and I really don't know what content they have to offer. need to check. Yeah, I mean, a little context. Cornerstone is a billion-dollar company, uh, so this is not some scrub, you know, business on the sidelines doing some some random deal. They tout more than seventy-five million users and manage the back office uh, learnings of more than six thousand companies. Um, also, like all acquisitions, Cornerstone companies or customers are going are now going to look at EdCast where they didn't before, and obviously, all the EdCast customers are going to take a look at Cornerstone uh, for their solution provider. So from that perspective, it's positive. Uh, but I kind of agree with everyone. Uh, this is no slam dunk. There's a ton of competition on on both ends. Uh, and you've already mentioned some, but you know, you look at Degreed, uh, Workday and success, success Factors have their own solution, LinkedIn Learning, uh, Google Career Certificate, Coursera, uh, Tim mentioned. It's a positive development uh, and probably something that they had to do there are no reverberations that I'm feeling, uh, quite frankly. I think it's uh, kind of a snoozer for the most part. Chad? No good vibrations for you, huh? Uh, <laughs> the, the quick question, though, how much do you think Cornerstone paid jo- Josh Burson to uh, have somebody else shadow write this article? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, Josh doesn't have anything to do with these fucking articles. He throws it out to like another analyst. Somebody else writes it. And yeah, it's it. Anyway, anyway, I'm sick. I'm just fed up with seeing Burson all over the fucking place, knowing he's doing hardly any of this fucking work. Did Burson sleep with your girlfriend in high school? Like, why? Why He's like old enough to be my dad, I think. Uh, Anyway. um, Did he sleep sleep with your girlfriend was a question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Walking around. Leaving wants to know. Leaving wants to know. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. She Um, wasn't old, guys. I don't know. Yeah. But I could say, so if you remember, I I couldn't and I still can't get behind the uh, brand spanking new cat anus logo that they just came out with. But I can. (laughs) I can. Get behind this. Cornerstone at its core is a learning and development platform, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every other piece of tech is just an attempt to increase wallet share uh, with L&D clients. So Cornerstone at its heart is not a core talent platform. It's L&D, which is why 
go figure, I like this. I think we can probably all agree that companies should be reskilling and upskilling current employees to drive retention through internal mobility. Well, Cornerstone's internal mobility product today is pretty much shit. But with new tech like Edcast, it could evolve and capture more market share. Again, I'm a big fan of L&D company like Cornerstone upgrading. I mean, they're they're pretty much a dinosaur at this point. I can't imagine the amount of technical debt they're going through right now. If you get an opportunity to acquire new, fresh tech like this, um, you do it. And just remember, beyond L&D, it's really just the normal smoke and mirrors play to art- artificially build up talent, uh, total addressable market. So I love this because it's focused uh, and they're owned by Clear Lake. So they've got a ton of cash. Uh, I hope to see them doing more of this to gobble up more on the L&D side, focus on these upskilling and reskilling, and actually give employers an opportunity to do something worth a shit in internal mobility. Because today, nobody is. Here's a, here's a question for the panel. Um, how much of this is going to be driven by the actual job seeker slash employee? In other words, how excited am I as an employee to get uh, expanded education from Edcast or a company that no one else has heard of versus uh-huh. I can get a Google career certificate or I can go to LinkedIn learning and get a, a LinkedIn certificate. Exactly. You know, like I, I think that the consumer slash employee is going to drive what's going to be the most successful. I personally don't think that we, we're going to live in a world where, Hey, if I have an Edcast certificate, that I'm going to be, I'm going to see mobile uh, upward mobility in my career. I might have upward mobility in the actual uh, organization that gave me that education. But if I'm an employee, and you know the great resignation and all that, like I'm going to want to have a brand that people recognize, not brands that people don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, I agree honestly, and I feel that <clears throat> kind of like visibility of the new acquired talent um, is the most important thing. If you have kind of like something, I talked about edX, uh, kind of like. For example, in the beginning, where you have something where you complete the degree, you have a one-click integration, you can upload your blockchain-powered certificate on LinkedIn, then Mm -hmm. everybody knows what you've completed. Um, Whereas if you have like an EdCast certificate that you can use internally that's part of your uh, kind of like digital file, that's probably not so compelling. The bigger thing, however, and this like one of the experiences I had over the last like 20 years is... Like talent and the employees, they need to have some kind of a motivation to go through these courses. Mm-hmm. Um, because realistically, kind of like when I kind of like hired people in the past, everybody's like, "Yeah, I want to upskill. Yes, I want to develop myself. I want to take the next step in my career." And when you say, "Hey, <clears throat> we have Skillsoft or any other platform, you can have free access. Kind of like go in, kind of like do whatever you want. Just kind of like." focus on what you want to achieve, uh-huh. then actually kind of like after a couple of months later, you're looking and nobody's really taking the courses. So the question mm-hmm. is always what's driving motivation for employees to drive this forward? Is it like, hey, if you don't do it, you're going to be out of a job? Or mm-hmm. is it something that's really part of a tangible career development initiative within the organization? But if that's the case, then it's not only about the technology. It's more about the entire HR processes, um, about kind of like kind of like improvements in the overall retention process within the organization. So I think it's part of a bigger, bigger strategy that every company needs to go through. Kind of like better technology can go so far, but I think it's not only tech-based. I agree. And it's 
I'm just going to give a small example. Uh, last week I had to give a lecture about Boolean searches and I didn't have a presentation ready. So I thought I'm going to go to LinkedIn Learning. I'm going to steal a presentation from someone else <laughs> and give it. That's what LinkedIn Learning is for. But then while browsing LinkedIn Learning, I found something about Logic Pro. And I like making music, so I was interested in Logic Pro. And that's the problem with these corporate platforms. They don't offer something which isn't directly related to the job. So I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn Learning because of finding something, something not strictly related to my job. <laughs> so your vision is that actually companies allow people to kind of like educate themselves on music and stuff during yeah. four hours? Is yeah, why not? Saying? It's like in, yeah. in Google, okay. Google asks people to spend 50, no, uh, 25% of their time in something not strictly job related, just mm. to keep creative. Mm. So while working on, on Logic Pro, I could make a jingle for a podcast, for example. So there there's always a way to to get it related. But this is not something not something HR will think about. They will only offer job-related education. Mm -hmm. And that's, in my opinion, the thing which will not make it work. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Tim Tim actually, you know, asked the question around motivation. I mean, and I agree. There has to be some reason to be motivated to take these classes. And it's called a promotion. It's called, uh, you know, pay raise. Uh, those, those are the things that we're not seeing from internal mobility platforms today. When you start tying courses to projects, and then also to the opportunity to, you know, get that new job. Maybe I'm in sales and I want to get into marketing or maybe I'm in marketing and I want to get in sales. Uh, I can actually take a look at different projects, marketing projects, uh, attach myself to that and take courses while I'm doing that project. We have to be smarter around how we upskill and reskill individuals. Just being able to provide content that is in EdCast today without working with local community colleges and a lot of the online content that's out there today, that in itself, I think, is just a, a total loser. I, I agree. I, I think this has to be something that is what is not just well intended. It's something where the organization understands what they need, the skills, the bridging of those skills to get into those new those new um, uh, positions. So it sounds like you're almost in favor of the company not going with a brand like a Google or LinkedIn, because if it's a brand that they don't recognize, they're more likely to stay within the company and not take their shiny Google career certificate and find a job somewhere else. Well, if it's attached to a university that everybody knows and loves, why not? Right. And, and again, you can take all of those and put them on LinkedIn, no matter whether it says EdCast or any of that stuff. So you can still put it out there. And I think that's what we're starting to see is that, you know, yes, Coursera and, and, and these other brands have brands. But I don't think I think in the future, it's not going to be as important. It's going to be all around the skills that you actually applied in that new job, whether you, you were upskilling to be in marketing into IT or whatever it was. And that's why we're launching the Chad and Cheese Career Certificate for the Metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about some more cutting edge news in the industry. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. 
All right, kids, let's uh, let's talk Stepstone, something the Europeans, particularly the German, might find really interesting. So this is from uh, our friends at AIM Group. Stepstone, the German-based online staffing platform and part of German media giant Axel Springer, announced that it has shut down its operations in France. The company had a small presence in the country via its Stepstone.fr domain. In January of 21, the domain recorded around 300,000 total monthly visits, according to SimilarWeb. Stepstone.fr was never a major challenger to the country's dominant recruitment marketplaces, which include Indeed and the Hello Work network of job sites. France is the second largest economy in the EU. So what's going on here? What's up with Stepstone, Tim? Yeah, honestly, I think it's a smart move. And um, as every <clears throat> uh, kind of like non-French person can tell you, France is a very, very specific market. Um, obviously, very, very focused on kind of like specific local rules, regulations, um, legislation. So it's it's always a bit kind of like tricky to do business there. But I think the most important thing, from my point of view, is um, <clears throat> if you're if you're late to the game, if you're not really generating like enough traction then what's the point of staying there they're kind of like local local sites you have indeed that's very dominant in france so the question is always does it make sense to spend money on keeping your french operation uh, up or kind of like do you do it like ge used to do it under jack welch many many years ago where he said hey unless i'm like first or second in my market i'm gonna go and spend my my money elsewhere so i think it's a logical move from my point of view and i also believe that kind of like <clears throat> um, Stepstone and Axel Springer, they have a much bigger plan because when you take a look at the acquisitions they've done over the last over the last years, acquired AppCast, um, acquired uh, basically integrated Good and Co, um, mm-hmm. acquired Maya, you can see that like they're rebuilding and they're rethinking their overall business model because um, I mean probably we all agree, kind of like uh, traditional um, job posts at some point in time might go away they might not who knows but it's not going to be a growth engine for for stepstone so um i think kind of like pulling out bundling all the resources into things on new business models and kind of like building out their own native platform makes a ton of sense for me and the french hate the germans yeah, i think they both deserve each other <laughs> um but it's it might be a logical step but then again france is after germany probably the biggest market in europe they have if i'm right 65 67 million inhabitants so it's a big market and like uh tim said they're always kind of special people so focusing on themselves speaking french but um indeed succeeded in becoming the biggest one so why couldn't stepstone do it yeah and it's right today their business model is totally outdated their uh, their software is outdated in fact they don't have any reason left to exist so that's probably why they're leaving france but my question will be where are they going to stay because for the same reason they could leave germany they could leave uh, they sort of have left belgium they're still here but it's not like they're making many revenue so i think um where are they going to to hide the uk could be. Yeah. I, I think finally we have a pullout story that has nothing to do with Russia or Cheeseman in college. Anyway, I mean, wh- what's the point, Tim? I think uh, market share is the point. You're talking about the second largest GDP in Europe. I understand France is, is a much different country, culture, and business landscape than Germany, but France's GDP being number two in the EU 
just ahead of the UK, I would have expected Stepstone to double down and dig into the market either through acquisition or spending money to drive the brand deeper. I think acquisition makes a hell of a lot more sense just because again, if you buy a brand that's known in the market uh, and it's not a quote unquote German brand, then you can, I think you can run with something like that. Not to mention Axel Springer operates the leading real estate marketplace in France. So you would think that there's some synergies that are there that they could use. I'm kind of stepping back and hoping that Stepzone is trying to Netflix, you know, reinvent their own model, but I just don't see how this is going to help. Yeah. This is a, this is a quote from the, uh, the group when they said, quote, uh, Stepstone took the decision to terminate business activities in France at the end of 2021. As Stepstone, we aim to be among the top players in the markets in which we operate. This position was not achieved in France. Therefore, we decided to focus our resources on other growth markets instead. Um, that seems really convenient to me uh, as the second biggest market in the EU. They already have uh, established some businesses in the country. So to me, it seems way too convenient to just say, "Hey, we're a big company. We didn't we didn't get our get our uh, market share that we wanted, so we we backed out." But I think Tim brings up a really good point in that Stepstone has been acquiring these technology focused uh, products and services such as AppCast and Maya. The question, I guess, will be, did they back out uh, as a job site, but they're going to go back in as a technology solution, although the job board might have been a good springboard, if you will, uh, to get people using their tech uh, tech services. So to me, this is a really curious move. I agree that Stepstone is big enough that they could have thrown enough money at this. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. The strength of the competition uh, is huge, but it doesn't seem like it can't be overcome by someone like Stepstone. So to me, this is really curious. And I think only time will tell exactly what's going on. I don't think it's just a straight up, we didn't get to be a top one or two or maybe even three uh, solutions. So we're getting the hell out. I think it's got to be something bigger uh, in the future that will unfold itself. Thoughts, anyone? As far as I know, the biggest job site in France is Meteo Job, which is a weird name because Meteo is like uh, the weather. So um, if you see Meteo Job, you think about jobs for the weather forecast channel, whatever. <laughs> but they have over <laughs> 2 million vacancies at meteojob.fr. And, and that's a government site, right? No, it's... it's uh, oh, it's a private site? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think it's, it's one of those local initiatives. And as you always say, Europe has a bunch of countries in it. It does. There are still... So many small local initiatives, which stay bigger than Indeed, for example, because mm-hmm. you have Meteor Jobs, you also have Indeed, you have Glassdoor, the, the global ones, but Meteor Job is holding mm-hmm. and Stepstone never succeeded. So um, why did Indeed succeed? Probably because they had a better, bigger and a, a better business model. Yeah. No more paper credits, but paper uh, applicants. So uh, if you want to conquer France, you have to come up with something shiny, I guess. Yeah. There's also a lot of tout, uh, talk about Hello Work, um, which is yeah. privately owned, was founded 20 years ago. Um, and now they're also out launching educational tools and looking at European uh, expansion as well. Um, I think they're arguably the number three recruitment business in France and are really popular. Uh, they made some smart acquisitions recently. Uh, Diplomio and uh, C-Cube uh, were recent acquisitions. Um, so I think Hello Work probably uh, is a major competitor for them as well. Or maybe an acquisition that's in the works. And part of that acquisition was we'll get the hell out of uh, out of France and uh, put all the resources into making Hello Work work. 
Time will tell, kids. But speaking of time, in the news is a stealth job board that's out of stealth, and they got some U.S. money. Let's talk about Circular. Madrid-based IT recruitment company, Circular, has emerged from stealth with $10 million that it raised as it enters the U.K. market. The company plans to enter additional European markets in the near future as well. Founded in 2018, Circular provides companies with direct access to IT workers who have been vetted and recommended by in-house recruiters from other companies. Interesting. Circular has facilitated almost 1,000 hires since its launch and arranges an average of 20,000 interviews per year. The co-founders are also alumni of Spanish recruitment marketplace Job and Talent, who we've talked about quite a bit on the show. The IT recruitment process, uh, sorry, the IT recruitment space is a crowded one. Who's buying and who's selling Circular? Yeah, honestly, I, I, my first reaction when I heard that, I'm like, well, good luck <laughs> with that because uh, I s- might sound um, yes. a little bit sar- sarcastic here. But I mean, there's I, I heard the story, I mean, 15 times over the last yeah. 10 years. <laughs> Companies say yes. like, hey, we kind of like recruiters share talent and hey, we have these recruiter marketplaces and then in the u.s you have companies like recruitify or bounty jobs and it's all it's all sounds great but the question for me is always kind of like what's really in it for the recruiter because every recruiter even in an agency in the staffing environment they hide and they guard their their talent so i think they really need to have a good incentive tool to make sure they uh kind of like motivate other recruiters to submit their talent. And I'm not even kind of like talking about GDPR, how to make sure that everybody kind of like agrees on the kind of like transfer of data and all that, all that stuff. But the story is for me too good to be true. So if you guys are listening from, from uh, circular, please like reach out via LinkedIn. I really have, want to have a deeper conversation around that because I think there's a couple of gaps that um, I don't see. And probably it's just, just me. For me, it would definitely be a buy. And I think it's a really interesting concept because it's not really a candidate sharing platform. It's a candidate review sharing platform. That's a big difference. Like Tim Satter has been candidate sharing platforms for 20 years. But this time, let's just say someone is entering my office and I'm doing an interview and I uh, invest a lot of time. We give the person some testings and uh, we, we do an assessment, etc. So, But in the end, it's not a perfect match. But it's a really good candidate. It's just not our perfect candidate, not for this job. So instead of just losing everything, I can put my material online and I can trade it for someone else's interviews. And that's interesting. They have about 5,000 users now, mostly in-house recruiters, who are sharing information about candidates with each other. And that's something new. I never, ever heard about something like that. So if I invest two days in one candidate, I can swap this investment for someone else's investment. And that's, that's nice. So maybe someone else has uh, tested uh, the language knowledge about another candidate, and we can just share the information. It's cool. Mm-hmm. One buy yeah. and one sell. What say you, Chad? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell this one. I think everyone is going after the tech sector with old and new variations of models that we've seen over the years. The problem is we're just trading talent back and forth. This isn't fixing the actual supply problem at all. Circular being possibly hyper hyper local in Spain, that could gain tra- uh, traction. I, yeah, I get that. Um, but I just don't see where this helps and does anything new. Uh, we need to create 
new talent. Our demand is high, which means we need more supply. This doesn't create supply. This is what we've talked about for years, Joel. We're Mm -hmm. just swapping spit. And it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. We need to start talking about, especially organizations, they need to start talking about actually building talent pipelines and pushing new talent that they've created into these jobs. So they should then bite Cornerstone or what is that what you think? <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's worth a shit, yeah. That's the problem is that, that HR can't get out of its own way and actually understand what the problem is, what the business problem is with our market today. All they want to do is continue to, again, this whole revolving door issue. Uh, it, it continues because HR doesn't know what the hell they're doing. So that's two cells in one, but I'm going to push this sucker for this reason. These guys are alumni of job and talent who we've talked about raising a lot of money, growing into new markets, and IPO. IPO means they're going to have to grow into new segments. They're going to have to acquire companies that help their growth prospects. And I think that these guys are trying to be in the catbird seat in regards to future acquisitions for job and talent. $10 million is a pittance if you're going to make a dent in the IT recruitment world. So I, you know, they'll maybe raise another bit of money, but then job and talent will come along and pay them a lot more money than that. And for that reason, this is a buy for me. So we're going to push on circular. Ah, push it. Ah, push it. <laughs> and with that, I want to thank Tim Prom. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Is he the first German? I guess he's the second. No, I don't think so. I think yeah, I think he's the too. second German. We've got yeah, we've got to get our list together. See how many how many Germans we we've got a we've got a quota that we've got to fill. I think we need we need a I need a European map with some push pins <laughs> to make sure that we cover all the all the countries. Tim, for people that want to learn more about you, connect with you, or learn more about uh, your company, where should they go? Yeah, go to LinkedIn. Tim Prohm, P R O E H M. Um, just go to LinkedIn, connect with me, and we can we can talk. So happy to connect. Does that does it do they have to have the umlauts? That's the question because that'll really screw everybody else. Like if you can if you have the umlaut on your keyboard, actually, that <laughs> opens the direct IM channel to me. So otherwise, you need to go through the LinkedIn paywall. So, <laughs> By the way, little, little, known, little known fact about Tim: he still has a uh, Nana ninety nine nine Luff balloons or whatever uh, concert T shirt from from eighty three. <laughs> yeah, I have honestly, and I'm proud of it. So don't need to. <laughs> Kind of like call me out here in a negative way. So. And he's a big fan of Falco, by the way. Oh, so am he's I. Austrian though. And he's who Austrian, isn't though. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Rock me, Amadeus, right? Falco. Yes. yes. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And Der Commissar, another Falco head. Oh, uh, we're going that far back. Yeah. your stuff. That was before, after the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, we need an '80s podcast. All right, guys. <laughs> for those listening, if you want more European goodness, go to chadcheese.com backslash Europe. Because that makes sense. Everybody, uh, it's another one in the can. We out. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one cheddar blue nacho pepper jack swiss so many cheeses and not one word so weird anywho be sure to subscribe today on itunes spotify google play or wherever you listen to your podcasts that way you won't miss an episode 
And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.